This is Unfiltered, episode 197 for July 27th, 2016. I gotta say, you know, this week has been a historical week. I, I want to say thanks to the Washington Post and the New York Times for putting me on the cover of the paper, and for Chase to step aside this week, and for me to sit beside one of the greatest podcasters in the United States of America, Mr. Chris Fisher. Chris, thank you for having me on the show. This Bill, week. it's so good to have you here. I know you're super busy, uh, but listen, the timing worked out horrible. There's a rack of ribs out of there. I know you haven't had a scrap wait, of wait, meat wait. in weeks. Did you say ribs? Yeah, I know you're starving. Yeah, see you later, Bill. Chase, get in here. Come on in, Chase. Chase, we got a big show. Oh, you get in here. We got a big show. Yeah. Dude, hey, buddy. Secret Service were like, they're sitting yeah, on me. I know. Well, yeah, you got once to, once the ribs go down, things clear out. Wait, you told. There's right. ribs? No, no, there's no ribs. Don't worry about it. No, Wait, don't worry. I'm hungry. Uh, well, I will get you ribs after this <laughs> okay, big show. Good. It's that big. We have wow, obviously what a, what a week. We have our uh, our bread and our uh, our veggies and our potatoes and our meat this week, and it's a uh, full course meal with a glass of apple juice right next uh, to it and a glass of milk and water. Boom! Uh, That's so how good. much show. So good. We're gonna start with some terrorism stuff and follow up on the coup in Turkey. We have some interesting clips there, and then some follow up on the RNC last week because it was still in progress. When we wrapped up, that's right. And then we're going to get into this DNC email leak story. Wow, just, this story is just—I mean, it's—it's it's a big one. It's huge. It's a lot. We're going to spend quite a bit of time there. Then we'll also go into some of the DNC uh, convention that's gone yeah. down so far and how that's been. We're going to read all the emails, right? Yeah, yeah we're, all, we're going to just read them all right on read there. All. right here. And then uh, we'll end the show on a high note. And by the time we get through with all of this, I think you'll feel like you've walked away with a good idea of what's gone on this week. For many of you, I thought you were going to say, by the end of this show, you're going to want to make sure you grab that high note. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're going to want to stick around, too, for the overtime because we have a super great overtime coming up. So uh, let's start with uh, probably the most serious heavy terrorism story right off the top because we do want to cover things that are actually continuing to go on in the world that don't just happen to be the U.S. politics. Right. And so we'll start right here. The U.S. State Department has faced a grilling over the deaths of numerous civilians in Syria allegedly killed by recent American-led coalition airstrikes. The airstrikes conducted by U.S. and French warplanes have been strongly condemned by human rights groups. The Syrian government put the death toll uh, of two separate attacks, in fact, at 140 civilians, which was described by Amnesty International as unprecedented collateral damage from coalition forces in Syria. Ghanichi Chikan has been sounding out the State Department in Washington about it. U.S. officials say they're investigating reports about civilian casualties in a U.S. airstrike in the Syrian city of Mon Beach. When asked whether the U.S. thinks the strike was a mistake, the State Department spokesperson became visibly annoyed. The U.S. strike that reportedly killed around 20 civilians in the ISIL-held city of Mon Beach in Syria, was it a mistake? Admiral Kirby, everybody. On Monday. That's another great accusatory question you've asked here. No other military works as hard as ours. None. No other military in the world. 
to prevent civilian casualties. And when they happen, again, I'll say it again because apparently it didn't sink in Mm -hmm. the first time. Mm -hmm. When it happens, we investigate it fully and completely. She asked a completely reasonable question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going off the deep end here. And then we're transparent about it. And then we take the lesson. He's the representative of the State Department. Right. And and, and is he... he Assuming that oh we haven't done a full investigation on it yet and therefore we have no comment. Is this he hasn't said that. No, he's saying he's saying how dare you accuse the U.S. military in casualties. And when they happen, again I'll say it again because apparently it didn't sink in the first time. When it happens, we investigate it fully and completely, and then we're transparent about it. And then we take the lessons learned and we try to prevent it from happening again. The U.S. is accused of killing around 20 civilians in the strike in Mom Beach, and State Department's John Kirby accuses me of asking an accusatory question. Now, here's the problem with this, is we know that there is a cold calculus the U.S. military has done in the past to say the X amount of civilians are worth it. In fact, we've had an intro clip where Barbara Starr stops by and talks about His it. His irritation did not stop there. I also asked him whether the U.S. military was willing to tolerate civilian casualties for high-value ISIL targets. In January, when the U.S. bombed a building in Mosul with huge amounts of ISIL's cash, U.S. officials told CNN that the commanders had been willing to consider up to 50 civilian casualties from the airstrike due to the importance of the target. One official telling CNN the U.S. was willing to risk up to 50 civilian casualties in this area to get the building, to destroy the building. Remember that? We covered that yeah, clip in I January. Remember all State that Department's cash. John Kirby brushed off the CNN report and said the policy is one civilian casualty is too many. Just to be clear, one is one too many. And we take each and every single instance seriously. So it's not, it's not about the number. And don't for a minute think that we take uh, uh, any particular number more seriously than any other. Previously, when another State Department... If you believe his answer, then that's a good answer. If you believe it. That's the ultimate question, right? Mm-hmm. The spokesperson was asked about U.S. policy towards civilian casualties. He admitted that the value of the target is part of the calculus. It's a calculus, so particularly important target, you'd be prepared to tolerate a greater number of civilian casualties. Uh, again, I'm not going to give you a formula for that. No, 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 I understand that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be facetious at all. Uh, I'm just trying to say that um, these are very difficult processes and very difficult decisions to make, uh, and obviously we're dealing with uh, high-value targets, uh, uh, but I just would say that that's always part of our uh, calculus. Mon Beach is the city that connects Raqqa, ISIL's pseudo-capital in Syria, with the outside world. So that is sort of an interesting little bit of uh, drama that is developing, and I'm continuing to follow the story because it puts the U.S. in an awful bad light right now. Oh, totally. This is something I want to talk about right off the top of the show. It's being related to terrorism by the FBI, but it really is a computer security story. And that is a director, James Comey, of the FBI, wants to reopen the encryption debate. He wants to make sure we get that discussed right now. But his reasoning might actually be kind of rational. At some point, encryption is going to figure in a major event in this country. Okay, right there, the director of the FBI, James Comey, at some point. Wait, Chris, is he foreshadowing? Maybe he knows something we don't (gasps) know. Chris! We got to have the conversation before that happens. So that actually is true. Wait, wait, wait. You mean 
FBI Director James Comey, you don't want to use in a disaster. And to be fair, yeah. this is not the first time he has said this. But the fact that he's – but when he said it before, it was like under testimony and he yeah. was being all political. But now the fact that he's like going out of his way to, to say this to the press. Do you think maybe it's because he feels he won't have a job soon? No. I don't think so. I think he's in for 10 years. Really? Well, nine or eight now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because after that happens, the time for thoughtful reflection will be significantly reduced. And this is a hard conversation. It's a conflict of two values that we all share. And I'm not here to tell you what the answer is to resolve this problem. But one thing we have to recognize is that moving to a place where huge swaths of American life are by default out of reach of judicial authority is a different way to live. We've never lived that way before. So he wants it, and he is laying out the case. And right. it destroys the balance that our founders struck. Oh. And maybe that's okay. Oh. Or maybe that's terrible. Oh. That is not for the FBI to say. The FBI's job is to tell the American people, when the tools you're counting on us to use to protect you aren't working so much anymore, we need to shout from the rooftops. Now, we actually have, see, this is where he loses credibility with me, is we have in the past linked to reports that show that uh, terrorism cases that involve encryption are still extremely rare. Right. Extremely, extremely rare. It's not really a problem. That's true. Uh, if you're an unfiltered supporter and, you have a, and, you're at the, and you're at the sync level, $5 more at patreon.com slash unfilter. In the terrorism folder, there is a clip about five things to do if you're taken hostage by a terrorist. And it is uh, hosted by a celebrity that's doing this, this segment for CNN. Please tell me it's Samuel Jackson. And, and uh, <laughs> 15 years of terrorism, a timeline map of terrorist attacks since 2001. And, uh, of course, they, uh, they uh, did it all up with the production value. That's in there. All right. Uh, okay. So let's talk about Turkey. Now, there's some uh, – I, I even inferred last week that I suspect that there must have been some in the U.S. that had some knowledge of the coup in Turkey. And I think probably people in the military did because the two militaries work so closely together. But Barry went on the record and said uh, that's completely false. Any reports that we had any previous knowledge of a coup attempt, that there was any U.S. involvement in it, that we are anything other than entirely supportive of Turkish democracy mm -hmm. are completely false. He didn't say Erdogan. He didn't say Erdogan. False. Unequivocally false. Unequivocally false. And I said that to President Erdogan. I said that to Erdogan. Okay. So that's interesting because this next clip, I believe it's this next clip, uh, seems to name some names about people in the U.S. military that may have known. Turkey's casting suspicions much further afield in the aftermath of that big failed coup, now implicating its supposed NATO ally, the United States. Lizzie Phelan's got more on this. Let's see where this is going then. Hi, Lizzie. There's been some a big verbal sparring between the states and Turkey since this attempted coup. Uh -huh. Where's this latest twist and turn heading? It seems day with every day since yeah. that failed coup attempt over a week ago, tensions are rapidly escalating between uh, the U.S. and Turkey. The latest that we have is the Turkish justice minister uh, blaming none other than the U.S. President Barack Obama for knowing about that failed uh, coup attempt. He said he knew about the July 15th coup attempt, quote unquote, as much as he knows his own name and added, oh. I'm sure that the U.S. Oh. intelligence and U.S. Secretary of State 
knew about it, I'm absolutely sure, he said. On top of that, uh, today, a, a leading pro-government newspaper, Yeni Safak, was uh, published, published a headline blaming a U.S. commander, General John F. Campbell, of being one of the top figures uh, behind the failed coup. He's, uh, the, this newspaper alleges that uh, General Campbell handled some $2 billion of transactions via a Nigerian bank General and Campbell. used CIA connections to distribute those funds oh. to pro-coup plotters. That sounds exactly like how we do things. Now, mm. these accusations are only uh, going to stoke uh, what seems to be rising anti-American sentiment in Turkey to the extent that many last night were speculating uh, that a fire that broke out uh, near a NATO base in the western city of Izmir was an act of anti-American sabotage. So I want to play this next clip because in that context, listen to this news report. We start with breaking news uh, this hour. Syrian state media reports at least 44 people have been killed after a truck bomb blew up in the northern town of Kamishli. That lies close to the Turkish border. To the what border? Turkish border. In the north of the country. Islamic State has claimed responsibility for the attack, which occurred in a predominantly Kurdish area. Something tells me somebody's getting pushed. Nearly 200 other people have reportedly been wounded. The suicide blast went off near a Kurdish police station and also a nearby government building. The explosion was so powerful it reportedly shattered windows in nearby Turkish towns. Hmm. Kurdish militia are one of the main forces fighting Islamic State in the country. Political analyst Taleb Ibrahim believes the terror group is being forced to change tactics because it's losing ground in the country. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting report there, too. Yeah, totally. Uh, Especially in context with potentially falling out with the U.S. and, of course, Turkey being one of our close allies in the war on ISIS and also being one of the key suppliers of Daesh. I meant ISIS. So uh, you want to talk a little RNC? Because Mm. it was uh, Wednesday, and of course they had uh, Thursday, so Trump still had his speech. Yeah. And Ted Cruz had his speech. Do you want to start with Ted? Yeah. Why don't we go, you know... um, Lion Ted? Why don't we go a little bit into Ted's speech? What do you say we jump forward a bit in time? And to those listening, please, don't stay home in November. They're loving that. Yeah. Yeah, get out there. Yeah, here it comes. You know, the crowd's thinking, and they shoot. They switch to the Trumps. There's the Trump family. Watch the Trump's facial expressions. They're great. So this is the moment they expect the endorsement to come. Don't stay home. Go out there and vote Trump. Crowd's loving it. And it was so far, I actually thought this was, I thought this was the best speech so he had up into this point, it was his best speech he'd yeah. ever done. Yeah. And it was the easiest time I'd ever had looking at his face. Because he just, you know. I still have a problem with his cadence. Yet here he's waiting for applause. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, of course, as as the crowd begins to turn on him, then the Ted Cruz face comes out. That smile he has, <laughs> that you all hate me smile that he has. You guys just will have to watch to see. But uh, so the crowd right now is pretty riled. They love Ted. He's about to endorse Trump. You see the video screen behind him? Uh, oops. If you love our country. And love your children as much as I know that you do. So they had an awkward situation going on right now during Ted's speech here. Uh, They were having electronics issues with the display. So the production crew 
needed to shoot the crowd more and couldn't shoot Ted as much because it was showing all the issues behind him. Right. So as the crowd begins to turn, they unusually show the crowd more than they would have because they can't really show They can't show anything else. Because of the tech issues. Stand and speak and vote your conscience. Vote for candidates up and down the ticket. How dare he say something so outrageous. That is blasphemy. That is terrible. Oh my God. Conscience, vote for candidates up and down the ticket who you trust to defend our freedom and to be faithful to the Constitution. They lose their shit because he just told them to vote their conscience and and vote who would defend the Constitution. And that's what they get upset at. Hey, but I mean, to be fair, if if Trump's that guy, why would they be mad? Well, exactly. And uh, thank you. That's a very, I think, yes. And also, uh, I, I understand that it's simply because they are expecting him to say vote Donald Trump, but uh, he he just said vote your conscience and vote for the Constitution, which to me, for all of them, should mean Donald Trump. Right. I mean, this is a big you know love fest for. But Trump, I guess right? he didn't say the name. And then Ted has to keep going. Listen to that. This is historic booing. This is booing on a scale never I've never seen. Endorse Trump. Endorse Trump. That's the New York delegation starting that up. And he just kinda now what's Ted supposed to do, right? Right. I appreciate the enthusiasm of the New York delegation. Look at look at uh, Donald Trump Jr. He's pissed. Yeah, he just he had a chuckle. His love of freedom. Like that effing guy. Millions to achieve their dreams. They don't let him go. They just they keep going. Like my mom, the first in her family to I'm go. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. And my dad. The crowd. So this is uh, three minutes further in, and uh, this is where Ted's really starting to lose it. This next moment, though, is is really something. It is a Trump move. It is a pro-Trump move. The case we have to make to the American people, the case he's talking, each person he's still in this trying room to go, has to make to the American people is to commit to each of them that we will defend freedom and be faithful to the Constitution. They, they lose their ass again. How dare you say defend the Constitution? Now watch this, Chase. All right. Trump comes out while his speech is still going. And now that he's stolen the cameras, the crowds all looked at Trump. The whole room turns to Trump. Nobody's listening to primetime broadcasting. He doesn't even get the end of his speech broadcast because Trump walks out. That is the ultimate slam wow. against Cruz, and that was a pro move by Donald, as uh, as he just sits there uh, rattling off in the background. Now, do you believe uh, Donald when he? Uh, I don't know if you uh, heard. Well, I got this right here. Oh, okay, just a couple of things. I knew his speech. They gave me a speech. I saw exactly what his speech was, because when you go up to speak, you have to give your speech. You know, we don't want surprises, right? So they gave it. They came to me. They said. It's a boring speech, it's Mr. Boring Trump. Speech. Nothing good, nothing bad. He congratulates you on the victory. And here's the speech. Well, he got up, and in the first two sentences, he added a sentence. In other words, he got up, and he added 
a sentence, which could have been viewed as a nasty thing in terms of what he said, because he was implying something which is wrong, but that's okay. So he took his speech, and you're bound by that speech, just like you're bound by the pledge. Right? You're bound by the pledge. You know, I am so sick and tired. <laughs> oh my God. This guy was, he wouldn't even say that as, as things were getting kind of dicey there towards the end right. before he sensed the nomination, he wouldn't even say he was going to uh, back the pledge. Yeah, like he, you know, he may drop out because he, he was like, oh, well, if they turn their back on me, yeah. you know, what's what? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. are you watching Pence? Are you watching how he, so are you watch his body language when Trump says something obnoxious versus when Trump says something uh, that's like something that. Pence feels like he can get behind. He does like he does a really interesting way of not owning whatever Trump is saying that is politically disastrous. So Ted Cruz took a speech that was done, was on the teleprompter, said hello, then made a statement that wasn't on the speech and then went back to his speech. See, to me, that's dishonorable. I like Teddy's fine. Again, I don't want his endorsement. If he gives it, I will not accept it. So what do you think of this, Chase? What do you think? What do you think? So isn't that interesting? Uh, just the whole thing with between him and Ted. That's ridiculous. It, it really is. I actually think it could end up paying off for Ted in the long run. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I think, honestly, Ted is eyeing for four years from now. Now, if Cruz, uh, I mean, if uh, if Ted Cruz, it's, it's, a, it's a bad gamble for Ted Cruz if Trump wins. If Trump wins and uh, he becomes the president, it may not politically work out for Ted. No, because it'll be a, a disaster. Yeah. So I mentioned those technical glitches. Raging on Twitter about why the electricity whoa, whoa, went whoa, out. Whoa, whoa, the speaker, they're having What's she wearing? Here. That's Megan. And and so why Ted Cruz made the choice. Is that, that appropriate? Our panel. panel back. And we should point out the RNC says they're going to get the power back, but they took hits in their main power, and it, it was flickering like a discotheque in here for a while. And the- Sync issue, they say. Russians! It must have been the Russians hacking them, right? I mean, that's that's how that works. Well, uh, I heard there's actually some concert- controversy about uh, Megan's uh, attire. Mm. That, you know, it's this is a Republican National Convention and she's wearing a spaghetti scr- a strap dress. Do you think there's a reason for debate on that? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if all publicity is good publicity for Megyn Kelly. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't be surprised if it all works out. You think out she's going to make a run for ABC or something? No, I'm just kidding. I, don't, I think she's doing pretty good at Fox. Uh, I know. She's got her own show. She's pretty popular. Roger's out of there now. Roger, yeah, Roger's gone. Upward momentum for everybody. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mr. Chase, yes, uh, we are about to get into the real meat of the show. We still got some potatoes too, but we're about to really get into the uh, meat, the ribs of the show. Yeah. And don't worry if you're uh, if you're a vegetarian. Uh, we also have tofu. Is that legit? Uh, or steamed vegetables. Whatever they prefer, actually. We got, a, we, got a, we got a whole bunch. Okay. So before we get into that, though, we should stop and take a moment and say thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash unfiltered. Isn't this been just a hell of a year? And I've heard from more and more people Whoa. as, the, as uh, 2016 has gone on about how they can't wait for unfilter. Uh, and it's, it's really because of you guys. You hear all of this crap going on in the news, all of this propaganda that gets out there regarding the Russians and uh, email leaks. And most people, they watch that and they shake their heads and they go, oh, that's ridiculous. And they just sit there inert and they do nothing about it. But 452 people at patreon.com slash unfilter have taken action by supporting our show and helping create a people's record of what the hell is going on this year. They're not just sitting there idly. 452 people have participated in funding this show and making it possible for us to produce it. They're taking action to spread the word. 
patreon.com slash unfilter. You go there, we have different levels. You get access to our show notes and our clips and all that kind of stuff. Always check our main site, too, for links to stuff we talk about. That's available to everybody. The show notes. Patreon.com slash unfilters. Also, when you're in the 33 Club, where you go to send us a note. Yeah! And with that, we get into Chase's sack. <laughs> Hello, Unfilter Club 33ers. Hope you guys had a great week last week. Uh, you know, the, the RNC was crazy. The DNC just as crazy going on right now. Thank you so much for sending in your notes last week. By the way, five or more members last week were sending in notes. We're back to the Club 33 peeps. We got one note this week coming in from Stefan. says, hey guys, have you looked into the tour project's complete change of the board of directors and the fact that one of the original guys, Lucky Green, decided to stop all work for the project over ethics? And he gave us some links about that. Now, I haven't been following that, Stefan. Have you, have you been following that, Chris, at all? Yeah, I've been just beginning to follow it a bit because, yeah, it sure is suspicious as hell. I've suspected Tor for a while, though, so I'm not in full alarmed mode. Yeah. So I haven't done a lot of notes, right? Too? I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. And I, I know that there's been a lot of uh, suggestions that there's been different ways to track people on there now. So I haven't looked into it heavily, heavily, yeah. but I am slowly following the story. So if anybody has some good resources and material for us to read on it, unfiltered.reddit. Com. You ready to close up the bag? Oh, one last thing I want to note to everybody that uh, coming up soon, we're going to be having our Google Plus Hangout for Just Club oh, 33 years. Cool. Yeah. I forgot. Thanks for reminding yeah, us. No problem, buddy. There you go. If you guys want to get involved with Club 33, we also have a swag that we give away from time to time to yep. our Club 33 years. recently to some swag members. You are the premium guys. You get access to the show by sending your notes in every week if you want to become a patron today. Patreon.com slash unfilter. OMG, OMG, OMG. And that wraps up Chase's mail sack. Thanks, Thank you Michael. guys over at the Patreon for making this show possible. And we move right along. So uh, let's talk about this uh, DNC email leak. So this, this, by the way, the the day I hate things yeah, I when they're dumped on Friday, and this is this is literally a mail dump on a Friday news dump. It's true, yeah, it's true. And usually it's bad, but this was. This is crazy bad. Here we go. We saw uh, the release of these 20,000 emails from WikiLeaks uh, from the DNC. Of course, CNN can't verify the authenticity no, of, of those emails. Not. But they suggest that DNC employees uh, have, have plotted in many ways to undercut and undermine Senator Sanders during the primary. You saw some of the emails, oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And in, in one exchange, trying to do that uh, by creating some divisions based on religion. What do you expect that impact will be once we get to to Philadelphia? So, of course, uh, in order to answer this important question about attacking Sanders based on his religion, about uh, putting out fake Craig's ads list uh, and claiming they're for Donald Trump, they're going to bring on a super, super technical expert who is obviously unbiased, doesn't have a horse in this race. Uh, to give an opinion. Because why else would you have them on CNN? Totally. Because when you're CNN, you have access to basically anyone in the world. Right. You know, I have not seen uh, the content of the emails myself. And in my opinion, we have spent far too much time in this election cycle discussing emails and the content of emails. Oh, oh, well, that would make sense. You're you're blurring stories. She's the Democratic National Convention Committee CEO. So that might be why she feels that way. Uh, So why don't we go? uh, Let's go further in. Let's get some actual news here. Let's talk, of course, to the Clinton campaign manager, because that would be where I have to ask, what is the reaction of the Clinton campaign to these DNC. He has to ask. Why? Why? I don't know, but he has to ask yeah, the Clinton I campaign. I have to. 
leaked emails suggesting that top that officials, including the CFO there, were actively discussing ways to, to hurt Bernie Sanders in the primaries. Well, I think the DNC needs to look into this and take uh, appropriate action, and I'm sure that they will. What's disturbing to us is that we uh, experts are telling us that uh, Russian state actors broke into the DNC. Experts are telling the Clinton campaign that Russian hackers broke into the DNC. Who are these experts? Stole these emails, and uh, other experts Experts are now saying Other that they are, the Russians are releasing these emails for the purpose of actually helping Donald Trump. I don't think oh, it's coincidence. Oh, wait a minute. The Russians didn't release the emails. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks did. did. Well, the inference is that the Russians gave the emails I to know. WikiLeaks. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Dental, that these emails were released uh, on the eve of our convention here. Chris, now why yeah. is he just doing a look over here? Because oh, it's, what about the content? It's a, it's not only not all, no no. You see, it's it's. Just like the YouTube video about Benghazi. It is the same playbook. That's a triple. Yes. It is. And so because it's not only is it a look over here, but it's uh, this problem is not what you think it is. Right. So it's a the DNC got hacked by an aggressive state actor who is supporting Donald Trump, dun, dun, and, dun. And that's right. disturbing. Uh, and I think we need to be concerned about that. I think we need to be concerned that we also saw... I don't like this uh, guy. At ...last week at the Republican <laughs> convention... Here we go. ...that Trump and his allies made changes to the Republican platform. So now we start talking about Trump. So now yeah. we're moving it to Trump. But you it, see? it really bugs me, though, that he goes, you know, this we we were, we got to be very concerned about this. What about concerned about the content that are in these emails? There, are, there were some fallout. Step aside as honorary chair of the convention right now, and should she be denied a primetime speaking slot? I think she should resign, uh, period. And I think we need a new chair uh, who is going to lead us in a very different direction. That is taking on the billionaire class and fighting for an agenda that works for working families. So uh, that was Sanders' uh, statement. And there's more information about the contents of those leaks. The U.S. Democratic Party convention kicks off in Philadelphia later on Monday to formally choose a presidential candidate, but there's a cloud hanging over the event. WikiLeaks has released nearly 20,000 emails from the party's governing group, and they reveal that the National Committee's been busy mudslinging at opponents and even its own members. So they do a little uh, music thing here, but I'll just read it for you. Yeah. So uh, some of the contents were creating a fake ad for Donald Trump that claimed that you have to stay pretty, and they put that on Craigslist. And then they seeked uh, permission from the DNC Deputy Communications Director to publish it. Craigslist jobs post for women who want to apply to positions at one of Trump's organizations. And, of course, they went after uh, Bernie because they believed he was an atheist. Uh, and wanted to challenge his religion. There's uh, emails in there from Debbie Wasserman Schultz where she uh, gets really mad at the Morning Joe program for talking critical. That was an interesting one that you and I were exchanging back and forth. And, of course, uh, the the narrative goes out there that it's the Russians. It's the Russians. Of course, it's the Clinton campaign that says it's the Russians. Everybody knows it's the Russians. And uh, even here is your good friend, our buddy Lester, doing the NBC News from the DNC convention saying it's the Russians. For that DNC hack exposed by WikiLeaks is being placed at Vladimir Putin's doorstep. Right there. Boom. The Clinton campaign claims Russia. Right there. The Clinton campaign. Is trying to help Donald Trump by meddling in America's election. That is great. Now, a number of cybersecurity experts agree. But tonight, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange responds to those allegations in a conversation with our chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel. The thousands of hacked emails leaked to WikiLeaks rocked the Democratic National Committee. But who stole them? 
We asked WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, hold up in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Three cybersecurity experts told us that the DNC Three. emails were hacked by Russian intelligence. Now, uh, they, well, we have some more information in the overtime, but the security experts, like two of them were hired by the DNC. <laughs> so they're likely to say whatever the DNC wants. And of another expert, yeah. uh, which we have clips of in the overtime, uh, has three sources that uh, don't hold up. What do you say? Well, there's no proof of that whatsoever. We have not disclosed our source. And of course, this is a diversion that's being pushed uh, by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Several American cybersecurity experts told NBC Russia's goal in leaking the emails through WikiLeaks was to sow chaos in American politics and help Donald Trump win the presidency. They are trying to give Trump an indirect edge or an indirect uh, weight by which they can uh, help him accomplish his goals. So wh- how would they be doing that exactly? By exposing corruption? So Russia's leader, yeah, Vladimir. This is the part that I still can't wrap my head around, is that, okay, are they trying to give Putin a leg up? Let's put that over here for a minute. Okay. The content shows that they're corrupt, that they did try to derail mm-hmm. Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um, many people, including Debbie Wasserman Schultz, tried to derail Bernie, mm-hmm. and just the whole message in general and mm-hmm. how they were firmly behind Hillary uh, in this. The entire time. The entire time. So to say that, yeah, re- irregardless, it, it doesn't matter. It yeah. just doesn't matter. Russia's leader, Vladimir Putin, clearly has a motive to help Donald Trump. Well, actually, Putin did call me a genius. The two men have expressed a mutual fondness, a respect for centralized authority, and Trump is an unenthusiastic supporter of NATO, the alliance designed to halt Russian expansionism. Trump isn't buying any of this. She worked very, very hard to rig the system. So uh, he's always he's always good for a couple of lines. Uh, I I wanted to also cover the fact that the FBI is now investigating. The New York Times reports on the growing FBI investigation into the Democratic National Committee email hack. The agency reportedly is also trying to determine if aides and groups close to Hillary Clinton were targeted as well. Here's my Red Book prediction. All right. Um, Months, maybe even after the election, it might come out that their investigation is concluded and the Russians can't directly be linked. Oh, sure not. Yeah. Uh, And in the overtime, we covered that personal hacking account to the the story behind that. What What I honestly want to know is – and, 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 you know, I – right now, I don't like either major candidate. I don't like Trump. Mm-hmm. I don't like Hillary. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I want to hear from a Hillary supporter how they can blindly hear this. Oh, people and, are eating it up. And it's, uh, it's on Ars Technica right now but I'm not uh, just as a talking, tech story. But I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about the, the whole Russian side of it. I, I'm talking oh. about, you know, how can you support a party that intentionally tries to derail – another fellow candidate in, in the primary race. That's, but that's politics, they'd say. Really? But even though the DNC is supposed to be neutral? Yeah, that is um, a little, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you because the, that's the whole point of the Trump and Putin diversion is to, to people, keep people from talking about that. Right. And, you know, uh, and I don't know if you're going to play the opening clip again. Uh, with, you I know, could. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. But, like, all those people... They're all pissed off at Debbie Wasserman Schultz because she's a leader of the DNC Let's at the time. Can, let me see if I can. Uh, and she she was, you know, uh, the, the head of this. And what we haven't talked about yet is 
immediately after she resigned from the DNC. It is so wonderful to be able to be here. Uh, you're jumping ahead. My, oh, I didn't know if you, you had that on. All right, I'll, I'll hold off on that point. All right, everybody, now but you, settle but down. You, you know where I was going. I'll, I'll hold off on that. Everybody but if you look at all these people here, everybody's pissed off, right? Everybody is livid. Why weren't people livid during the process? Why weren't people engaged and pissed off as they saw this happening? How Hillary only had, what, six or seven debates with Bernie? Uh, meanwhile, when she was going against Barack Obama, they had over 20. You know, those kind of situations where they weren't all upset back then. They weren't yelling and screaming and going after her then. I, I, I'm just a little confused about it. Uh, I don't know if I agree with your assessment that people weren't upset. I think people like us and a lot of other people were talking about it the entire time. But the news wasn't really covering it like that, though. I mean, like they're, they're, they, they obviously asked Bernie, hey, do you think Debbie should step down? You know, or what do you think should happen with Debbie and things like that? You know, once the truth came to light, then the news couldn't ignore it anymore. And then the Clinton machine spun and go, ah, uh, we need to blame Russia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, I think, exactly what happened. Yeah. But, yeah, of course, there's a, there's a trail of evidence, Chase. New developments in the investigation into the hacking of emails at the DNC. WikiLeaks is vowing to release even more emails. Juan, you were just telling me about this. And a spokesperson for Russian President Vladimir Putin denies his country was involved at all after Democrats accused them of trying to help Donald Trump win the presidency. Those emails have already led to DNC Chairwoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz announcing she'll step down after this convention. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Herridge is live in Washington hey, for more. Hey, Catherine! On this. Catherine? Well, thank you, Harris. This morning, an awkward moment when Russia's foreign minister was asked if his country was behind the DNC hack. So you heard earlier uh, in a report that uh, uh, John Kerry asked Russia about this hack. Oh. They will show you that moment. And this was John Kerry asking about the hack. Okay. All right. And uh, by the way, watch John Kerry. John Kerry is embarrassed it's even brought up because he knows how politics works. He knows how the Clinton campaign works. And he's embarrassed it's even reaching this level. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That that look, he's like... (sighs) So someone's shouting from the uh, press uh, is saying, what are you, uh, he's asking uh, Lavrov what he thinks about Why the, are you asking that question? He's and yeah, look at Carrie, like, oh shit. Why yeah? He licks his lips and everything. Well, I don't want to use all that awards. Behind a trail of physical evidence on the DNC servers, including malicious code to steal emails. And you know what gets me about this is even Fox News is buying it. And if you think if anybody had been calling out the Hillary campaign, this shows you that Fox News, when it comes well, to does Fox News like Russia too? No, I mean, Fox, oh, yeah, 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 and they're but okay. So here's the she's going to give you some of the evidence. Are you ready? Yep. Trail, trail of evidence. Okay, and a trail of physical evidence on the DNC server. Physical, physical evidence on the server. <laughs> I'm loving this already so much, Chase. <laughs> well, one thing I heard, and I don't know if you heard this, was hmm. they they looked at some of the hack or whatever, and they yeah. saw usages of a yeah. Russian keyboard. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, always yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so always that, part that, of that it. proves that proves it right there. Putin personally, probably. Yeah, he probably used his, you know, Microsoft USB keyboard. Including malicious code to steal emails and documents that all tie back to Moscow. The forensic evidence points pretty clearly to a very sophisticated nation state. This is a well-resourced adversary. Specifically, they're using the same tools and techniques previously associated with Russia. So, um, 
let me tell you about how this works. Please, Chris. There is a lot of marketplaces where you can buy entire exploit kits, you know, whole stock and barrel or oh, yeah. just a script or or just even a theoret- theoretical, like, this is a flaw and here's some example exploit code. You can buy entire pieces of software suites that do attacks for you that are basically a white label ransomware. It, there is a marketplace where they often take Bitcoin I think often exclusively. I don't know any yeah. that don't. And on top of this, we talked about this several times in TechSnap. Um, there are member ratings and seller and buyer ratings. Oh, like and eBay. There's prestige for different hackers. Like they'll have high ratings of nice. like, yeah, this guy sells the good shit. And so the stuff that the Russian government uses is the same stuff that anybody can buy. Anybody. So when you're looking, well, they use the same software kit. A lot of this stuff, a great, great, great deal of this stuff is based on some of the same core technologies because a lot of them are exploiting the same base exploits. All right. Remember, I, I'm, I'm putting on a memory cap here. Remember when the Bernie campaign, uh, maybe it was a staffer or something, they got accused yeah, yeah. of accessing the mm-hmm. Democratic data, or Hillary's mm-hmm. database mm-hmm. and how pissed they were. And they just jumped all over Bernie. And, and they all shut this, down the Sanders campaign's right, access, access yep, uh, yep. to the donors and stuff like that. But they don't seem to be so pissed off about what happened here. <laughs> All right. So uh, back to this uh, uh, this uh, uh, expert who is a former intelligence officer, so he knows everything about computers. Uh, he's telling us that, uh, well, they use the same software the Russians use. So that means it's the Russians. Previously associated with Russia. So the uh, the patterns, the tools, the actual work that the bad guys are doing in the networks. You know, like connecting to servers and exploiting software. That's, you know, like what Russians do all is uh, similar to previous Russian intrusion sets. Hacking a network looks like hacking a network. If you exploit a low-hanging piece of fruit, like a piece of maybe Drupal software or some other CMS or some piece of uh, con, you know, some piece of software that's under contract by a vendor like Oracle, perhaps, that has thousands of flaws in it if you don't keep it patched. It does not take an expert to get access. And once you're in the network, once you're in and you're moving around, that's going to just look like anybody well, who's exploring a network. Maybe the server was in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Cybersecurity investigators believe two Russian intelligence agencies infiltrated the DNC, seizing emails and opposition research on Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump before getting kicked off those networks. And the evidence suggests the same hackers were behind the 2015 cyber operations of course. against the White House State Department. Because it looks similar. Exploiting again, probably something like a CMS. And the Pentagon. Speaking at a security conference this morning. The and by the way, that White House was not the secure White House network. It was like a and, and it still was never actually linked to the Russians. President's Homeland Security Advisor would not discuss the expanding FBI investigation, but did describe the spike in cyber attacks. Oh, in general. OK. What you have seen is uh-huh. a clear commitment, whether it was China. China. Whether it's North Korea, whether it's Iran across the board, but not whether us. it's uh, hacktivists or ISIL-affiliated actors, there has been uh, a clear demonstration that this is a priority. Yeah, of course, of course. I find that whole thing to be pretty exclusive. I mean, uh, pretty lock and pretty tight and pretty ironclad. I think it's they've really got some good reporting there and some good evidence. Of course, Putin's saying, well, wait a minute, this is ridiculous. Kremlin this morning says American politicians are making up horror stories about Russia being responsible for the Democratic National Committee hack. Politicians being the Clinton campaign. U.S. intelligence agencies reportedly told the White House they have, quote, high confidence that Moscow is responsible for the theft. The document leak caused the Democratic National Party chair to quit. 
Margaret Brennan is at the White House. Not saying why, though. Wait, wait. I'm sorry, Gail. They're making it sound like she quit because the leak happened. Not because of the contents of the leak. I mean, come on. Yeah, this is how it's been. been, And they've been reporting on this a ton. I had so many clips on this. It it really facepalms me a lot. Because they're taking the word of the Clinton campaign and they're making... And it all started with that first clip I played with that guy interviewing with Jake Tapper. It all started with that that Clinton campaign guy. And I want to be clear here. I'm not defending Trump in any way. And I don't like Trump in any way. I don't like Hillary in any way. Exactly. And this just proves the point where they just spun it up. Now, yeah, it could be entirely true that, yes, Russia hacked the emails. And, yes, they leaked them to uh, WikiLeaks. And, yes, WikiLeaks put them out there right before the DNC. That could be entirely true. I'd be really surprised if they had the nuts to do something like that. But let's say it is. Let's say it's true. Okay. It doesn't negate the fact that uh, all these workers that are supposed to be you know, independent and working to push the Democratic Party, not the Hillary Democratic Party, but the Democratic Party for all the candidates when it's really not. And it's just it's ridiculous and it's awful. And it, it just undermines the whole political process. And I really hope people see it, that for what it is. What President Obama is saying about it all. Margaret, good morning. Good morning. Well, privately, U.S. officials admit that Russian spies hack American targets far too often. But what makes this alleged DNC break-in so unprecedented is the wide release of the stolen data. Again, that's WikiLeaks not connected to the Russians. I know that experts have attributed this to the Russians. More experts! Experts again. Now, it seems to me that if if you are making... The rather audacious claim that another nation state hacked a political party of the United States of America. You're going after them. Seems like instead of saying experts, we'd start quoting actual names because the seriousness of this is off the scales. Yeah, totally. In his first Uh, public remarks about the DNC hack, President Obama suggested that Russia may be meddling with the election. Now, listen to listen to how he implies Yeah, that could be happening without actually saying it. Is it possible in your mind that the Russians would try to influence the U.S. election? That could be a yes or no question, right? Uh, Anything's possible. And he says anything's possible. So He's not denying it. He's not saying yes. So he doesn't slow down the speed or momentum of the story. So here's the other thing to to consider. Let's say that they did hack, right? And they uh, looked through all the emails and they found no shenanigans, nothing wrong. Everybody was actually being proper and respectful and being legit. Uh, They wouldn't accuse them of meddling in the uh, elections because there would be no bad content, right? They would just release emails and there's no bad things. (laughs) Good point. The FBI is trying to determine how and why documents allegedly stolen by Russian intelligence from DNC computers months ago suddenly appeared on WikiLeaks on the eve of Hillary Clinton's nominating convention. What the motives were in terms of the leaks, all that... Oh, I know what the motives were. I yeah. can tell you why they came out. Julian Assange hates Hillary Clinton, like a lot of us do. Yeah. And he wanted to screw them. Uh, I can't say directly. Uh, what <laughs> I do know is that um, Donald Trump has repeatedly oh. expressed admiration for uh, Vladimir Putin. You know, NPR did a little look, and they could only find one time. Uh, and then there was a second time where he walked it back. On Tuesday night, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright piled on. And given what we've learned about the Russia's recent actions... The Russia's. I like that already. All right, so she knows she's into it. The Russia's. And given what we've learned about the Russia's recent actions, Putin is eager to see Trump win. 
McDonald's. Can you believe they even think that the American people are stupid enough? And maybe they are. I mean, it makes what the what the Republicans did at the RNC look uh, uh, ham-fisted and, and obvious. And, and, and this the, is some top A-grade propaganda this right is, here. The, this is the whole thing with this entire election, is that people are throwing logic out the window. Now, I know our audience is very, very smart, and I, I'm not accusing you guys of that at all. But I think the general population, you know, they're sick and tired of it. They're they're tired of it from both sides. They're tired of Trump's, you know, conceited attitudes and and race racial tendencies that you've heard his statements. They're they're the, there's a recent stat that came out about Hillary about sixty. What was it? Sixty eight percent find her untrustworthy. But here, stop, stop. Because here's the thing, Chase. I think you gotta. I, I gotta. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta just really make the point here that even if. The Russians are behind this, right? Because I want to. Because I'm sure by this point, people sound like I sound like I'm defending Russia, right? Even if the Russians are behind this, there's no evidence to link it to the Trump campaign. No, none. But the, the reason why they're trying to link it to the Trump campaign is based on what one comment that Trump has made and one comment that Putin has made, right? Donald Trump is strongly denying any political or financial ties to Russia. I have nothing to do with Russia, nothing to do. I never met Putin. The Russian government says it never interferes with other countries' elections. Now the White House must determine whether there's enough evidence to accuse Putin of engineering the hacking. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange denied ties to Russia and accused Clinton of trying to distract the public. Is that the natural instincts of Hillary Clinton and the people around her that when confronted with a serious domestic political scandal, like she tries to blame the Russians, blame the Chinese, etc. It's worth noting that Assange has long been a critic of Hillary Clinton. Not the media, though. Not the media. You know, uh, it is obvious that it's Assange. He had this information. He wanted to release it to screw Hillary Clinton. That part all seems pretty clear. He's pretty yeah. forward about that. Yeah, totally. And there is obvious wrongdoing there. Uh, and Donald Trump has some more statements on the whole thing. I would treat... Vladimir Putin firmly, but there's nothing I can think of that I'd rather do than have Russia friendly as opposed to the way they are right now so that we can go and knock out ISIS together with other people. That seems pretty reasonable. And I think he, now he said that I think he should shut up about Putin and Russia and not feed this anymore and say from now on when people ask him questions he's like that's a stupid question I'm not answering it. That's what he should say. Now but he's got a little more and it, he, again I can't really argue with anything he's saying right now. And with other countries. Wouldn't it be nice if we actually got along with people? Wouldn't it be nice if we actually got along as an example with Russia, I'm all for it. And let's go get ISIS because we have to get ISIS and we have to get them fast. You saw what happened with the priests. It's only going to get worse. And Hillary Clinton wants. I don't really I don't really want to go through World War Three. So I kind of agree with that. Why do we got to be hostile to Russia all the time? Uh, and, of course, how dare he say something like that? And he even had the, <laughs> the I don't know. Maybe the lack of foresight to say that Russia should uh, release uh, the 30,000 emails that Hillary deleted. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. Let's see if that happens. Now, uh, he is getting so much crap for And that. I know. And, and by the way, that's a little sarcasm there. I mean, obviously, 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 but the but the I, I heard on the radio they they're like, well, maybe it's enough for treason. What he's trying to right, say, it'd be yeah. treason. Now, here's the question, Chase. 
why is it treason if those 30,000 emails are just her, hey, I'm going to go do yoga? These were supposedly all the personal. She literally said my emails about yoga and to my daughter. Yeah. They were just personal in nature that we deleted. Yeah. That my lawyers went through even handedly, she said. Yeah. You know, if that's the case, then, then she's th- got nothing to worry about. That's not treason. No, that's not a national security risk. But but what they are inferring is they are essentially inferring that thirty th- those thirty thousand emails something bad would have sig- something significant yeah. for the security of the United Top States. Top secret of America. classified information. They're essentially admitting that she did delete classified information and important information by saying it would be treason. I'm just happy to hear that the FBI is very serious in going after Russia, just as serious as they were going after Hillary for housing an email server and going outside the realms of those rules. <laughs> so just I, I don't have a lot of clips on this, but it is because it's all it's all happening right now. But the the press is blowing up over Trump's statements about releasing the emails. This is the first taste. Now, a Donald Trump spokesman, uh, Jason Miller, earlier today uh, sent out about seven tweets trying to clarify what Donald Trump said at this news conference, uh, saying that Trump by no means was calling on the Russians to hack into any U.S. servers to find those emails, uh, instead saying that the GOP nominee uh, was really just saying if the Russians have these emails, they should turn them over to the FBI. But, Wolf, consider that Donald Trump's vice presidential running mate, Mike Pence, put out a statement shortly after Donald Trump's remarks uh, saying that uh, this would be met with serious consequences if the Russians are indeed behind all of this, Wolf. Now, just like just like the Clinton campaign was behind the idea that the Russians did the hack, the Clinton campaign released a statement. I have it linked in the show notes. They were the first to condemn Trump for the statements, and then the press is lapping it up again. The fallout from the comments, Jim, uh, are very, very significant. The fallout being a press statement by the Hillary Clinton campaign. But they don't tell you that. They make it sound like it's becoming this huge controversy now. Aren't only hearing from Hillary Clinton's campaign, a lot of Democrats, but also, as you point out, from some key members of his own party. Oh, no! Uh, that's right, Wolf. The Clinton campaign was very quick to put out a statement uh, slamming Donald Trump for all of this. Uh, that, that was to be expected. But Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House. What is incredible about this, what is incredible is they write up, just like with the Russian stuff, they say the Clinton campaign suggests it's the Russians. And then instead of stopping right there, they just run with it like it's like it's fact. And they just it's well, if the Clinton can't, it's like they're taking their marching orders and they're just marching. Uh, said through a spokesman uh, earlier today that Vladimir Putin is a thug who should stay out of the U.S. election. Uh, Wolf, uh, that, that is right after Paul Ryan... Was- that doesn't sound like a condemnation of what Trump said. That sounds like Paul Ryan's talking tough about Putin. Right. He's essentially presiding over uh, the Republican convention in Cleveland uh, for the Speaker of the House to come out and essentially go off on his own party's nominee. He didn't. He didn't. He said Putin is a bad guy and should stay out of the elections. Uh, and these comments about uh, Putin today uh, was just another astonishing development uh, for what was really just an astonishing day to hear the uh, astonishing chase. It's astonishing. So uh, that is the reaction to the uh, DNC yeah, email leak. Of course, there was fallout uh, for Debbie. We played that clip. But before we get there, I want to just jump back in the timeline a little bit. And also, we should give mention that Hillary did do her VP pick. Uh, and it was just like Trump's. It was odd how it was announced. It was I am told by Strange. a top campaign official that it is Tim Kaine. I just received word of that a second ago. And Anderson, an important point oh to make gosh, here is this completes the circle with the Clinton-Obama relationship. There was no one who was closer to President Obama than Tim Kaine. In fact, he was on his shortlist in 2008. 
eight, some eight years ago. Of course, he ultimately decided Joe Biden. Then he became the head of the, the Democratic National Committee. But tonight, this completes, I think, this really relationship between the Clinton organizations and the Obama organizations. And he was uh, informed by Secretary uh, Clinton that he was the choice. Uh, she has called everyone else on the list, including Tom Vilsack, someone she's very, very close to. But she has decided Tim Kaine for all the reasons we've been talking about tonight. It's not just that he speaks Spanish, not just that he is, is from Virginia, but she believes he would be a good governing partner. And at 58 years old... It's really because he's a beta male and uh, he's not going to steal a spotlight. Let's be honest. And he is a, he's a very, very, very safe pick. Uh, so we were talking about your good friend. My buddy. Debbie, who, uh, as we've heard, uh, was getting booed. But uh, don't worry. Don't feel bad for her. Yeah, that's a little embarrassing. Does does she have a job now? She's got another gig. Great. Event. Uh, We are getting reaction from the Clinton campaign, Chuck, at this hour uh, to DWS and these developments. So let me read you a little bit of the official Clinton campaign statement, which says, quote, there's simply no one better at taking the fight to Republicans than Debbie, which is why I am glad that she has agreed to serve as honorary chair of my campaign's 50 state program. What? Wait, what? She's going to be the honorary chair of the 50. to gain ground and elect Democrats in every part of the country and will continue to serve as a surrogate for my campaign nationally in Florida and in other key states. Translation, Chuck, if you read between the lines there, that's essentially an acknowledgement that there was a deal struck here, that the Clinton campaign saying, hey, you can stay on as honorary chair, but you need to step down because this is becoming a big distraction based on conversations with Democratic. So here is something. We're going to reward you with the job. Thank you for all the hard work you did for us here just not only is the clinton campaign kissing up and uh here's the amazing thing with that though so not only does debbie uh have a job after obviously skewing the dnc towards hillary but hillary is sending a very important message before the election and that is if you corrupt and lean the scales in favor of hillary and you get caught she's going to take care of you and that's a very powerful message to send to politicians who may be walking the line before the election. So hiring Debbie is, is a very clever move because it's, it's basically giving politicians that stick their neck out for the dog an insurance policy. Wow. Also, Debbie is somewhat powerful in the Democratic Party. Uh, in fact, the new interim chair, who I think – well, I'll, I'll play this clip, who I think basically does nothing to appease the Sanders supporters. There was a lot of talk during the Republican convention about distractions that took away from the convention. Right. How, this is a big distraction. Now, you might recognize her because she is a former— That's and, Donna Brazier. Yeah, and she is a, a just recently former contributor to both CNN and ABC. And she's also served as the interim chair in the past for the DNC. It's a great example of the revolving door you might, you might uh, have just noticed. Look, Debbie has spent a lot of time, a lot of years, right into defending Debbie. Money, right into defending also Debbie. Putting together the staff. So he's asking about the distraction, and she goes right into defending Debbie. Working day in and day night to ensure we had a very successful convention. But can, what, can the Democratic Party just say, thanks for doing all that, but it's time to go, and today's you the know, day? You I, know, I, I, I am of the position that she made this decision. She decided that uh, for the party and for the country in many ways, because she wants to elect the next president of the United States. You want to know what it really is? You want to know what it really uh. is? Debbie is the gal that delivered Florida to Obama. That's right. And she's going to be the gal that delivers Florida to Hillary. By the way, Donna, she was in those emails as well. 
talking crap about Bernie, too. And she even says in that interview that there's more emails from her that are probably going to come out. She implies that. It, I was going to play the whole clip. I just can't stand uh. it. But if you want to get it in the sink, you can. She implies more leaks are coming. Democratic leaders struggling to bring the party together after a rough first night at the DNC. So just like the Republicans, the DNC gets the label of a first rough night. Both parties go off with a bit of a bumpy first start. It's tough. When the most liberal speakers, Senator Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, urge their supporters to embrace Hillary Clinton as the nominee. The uh, Bernie guys. If you believe, we must reject the politics of fear and division. If you believe that we are stronger together, then let's work our hearts out to make Hillary Clinton the next president of the United States. Chris Kofinas is the former. So they had a couple of a uh, couple of actually rather good speakers, I would say. Uh, but there were a couple of awkward moments, uh, like last night. Uh, they were wor- waiting for people to show up, and they kept bumping. So the, the press are provided a schedule of the convention uh, day ahead of time. And so we all knew, uh, and I got a leak. I, didn't, I, w- I wasn't provided one, but I got a leaked copy. We all knew when people were supposed to be coming out, and they started bumping and moving people around. And they made a huge mistake. They made the mistake of needing to stretch for time. And you know what that's like. You're live. Oh, you got to stretch totally. for time. Yeah. Well, they did it while Sarah Silverman was up on stage. Uh-oh. And she, when she doesn't have a script to read anymore, she just kind of has her it's gut free to go flowing. I will vote for Hillary with gusto. As I, as I continue to be inspired and moved to action by the ideals set forth by Bernie. Who will never stop fighting for us. So that's the sales pitch, is the ideals by Bernie are, will continue to motivate us. Now, what's happening is in the mornings, the Bernie supporters would come in, and then quickly groups of Hillary uh, camp people would come in and take out their signs, take them out. And actually, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but uh, there were some videos shot of actual representatives taking yeah. physical signs. Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I am proud to be a part of Bernie's movement, and a vital part of that movement is making absolutely sure that Hillary Clinton is our next president of the United States. Booyah, Baba Booey. So that was, she was going to be done there, but she was told, and she actually makes reference to it twice, uh, that she's supposed to stretch it out, stretch it out. So Franken comes back up there. Gee, that was... That was pretty good, Sarah. Guys, stretch it out, stretch it out. They're not ready. Stretch it out, guys. Keep, um, keep it going, please. We got another five. Good, good, good. Keep it Hillary. going. So they're saying Bernie, and of course he's trying to get them to say Hillary, Hillary, which never works and always looks bad. So Sarah very cleverly jumps in, tries to change it to something neutral. Unity, 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 Hillary, Bernie, Bernie. The Bernie. Can I just say? Uh oh. To the Bernie or bust people, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, so that was an awkward moment that was not supposed to happen. Uh, and then uh, I think most people, though, would say the overall the speeches, with the exception of Jesse Jackson, were really well delivered. In fact, not even my necessarily my opinion, uh, here, right here, your buddies, my good friends, over at Fox News. Ah, oh, how they doing? They say the DNC has set the bar too high. Are Democrats taking the stage the first two nights of the DNC? How does this square with the things 
that you heard at the Republican convention. One is real, the other is made up. Huge difference between people fighting for a level playing field and the people fighting to keep the system rigged. Donald, did you hear me? Already great nation. When women succeed, America succeeds. America, we will rise. This is our history. Because this right now is the greatest country on earth. You know, they really did kind of have a mixed message at the DNC. It's the greatest country already. It's already great. Do you hear me, Trump? It's already great. It's so good. It's so good. At the same time, elect us. You got to make sure we get in or everything's going to be ruined and you won't get minimum wage and we won't crack the glass ceiling and nothing will change if you don't get us in. So they're saying everything's great, but nothing will change. I, I just don't understand. So uh, that was the take right there. Oh, it was great. They set the bar really high. Um, and there was uh, a takeover at Gawker that I actually thought summed up my thoughts pretty well. Uh, the Democratic Convention is a sterling affair if you have that credential. If you don't, you will be herded behind steel gates to stare at those who do. You will be mocked by reporters who sit in the air-conditioned, fully-comped lounge as you sweat outside. You will be simultaneously asked for your support and threatened with materially worse if you withhold it. The dynamic is the same in the Republican Party, but the repugnance of many of the positions its outsiders hold make it harder to sympathize with them. In other words, you're being asked for your support at the same time. You're saying it's gonna, it could be the end of your life. It could be the worst thing ever if you refuse it. So there's like this weird dichotomy where yeah. you're being like, we're super rich and elite, but yet we're for the common people. Now support us and do what we say. And yeah. even Bernie gave in. Madam Chair, I move that the convention suspend the procedural rules. I move that all votes, all votes cast by delegates be reflected in the official record. And I move that Hillary Clinton be selected as the nominee of the Democratic Party for President there it of is. the United States. And it's now official. That's his brother. This is wife. You can tell that was hard for him. Oh, totally. Now they're starting a Hillary chant. They were really organized about it. And Bernie left. Bernie walks out. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Sanders. Senator Sanders has moved in the spirit of unity to suspend the rules. To stop Donald. Whatever it takes. See the crime in the crowd. In the spirit of unity. So by acclamation, she's the candidate. She didn't actually cinch all the delegates she needed. Actually, she did. She needed 2382. So then why did she have to win by acclamation then? Well, they're not going to do any more roll call. They're going to stop. Oh, okay. I see.
There you go. That's the moment. That's the and historical fade moment. To black. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, oh, man. So, do you want to uh, shake that off with a light moment? Please. All right. Uh, you, wherever you go, even in the Unfilter show, you can't escape it. A little raw footage here for you. Secretary said earlier today, though, and I think it's an important reminder you're playing the Pokemon thing right there, well, aren't you? It's an important reminder. We know this won't be easy. We recognize it's a challenge, and we're clear-eyed about the work we still have to do. This is why we convene this important ministerial, and we'll continue to work with our coalition partners to defeat Dash. Did you get one? No, no the signal is not very good. Sorry about that. So there you go. Does that make you feel better? A you? little. Before we get into the high note, do you have any closing thoughts on the uh, RNC? We had Hillary's big reveal. RNC and DNC. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the DNC. Yeah, and the well, RNC. Yeah, if you do, we, we still have more of it left. So we we'll probably have a few more closing. Obviously, clips next uh, week. Hillary's going to be speaking tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, as we record and, this Thursday. And uh, uh, VP pick. I can't even. And President know. Barack Obama is speaking. Kane. Oh yeah, Obama speaking tonight. Yeah. That's right. And, yeah. And I will say this. You know, we all we have all heard Hillary speak on this show. She's not a great public speaker. Um, and obviously, I think you've had these great series of speakers, and obviously the president is a great speaker. Whether you love him or hate him, he's a great speaker. We use him on plenty of clips on the show. So I, I, I honestly think that, you know, it's kind of going to end maybe not on a high note. It's kind of kind of going to flatten out because she's just – she's not a great speecher, uh, speech uh, yeah. giver. But that being said hmm, – uh, That being said, um, I'm, I'm hoping – uh, just to give us more great content for the show, uh, that someone like a, a Gary Johnson of the Libertarian Party is able to get that 15%. And I think that's possibly going to be the next, maybe a Red Book prediction, the next angle we're going to start seeing covered by CNN, MSNBC, Fox, that we have a potential of a third party at the debates. And if that happens, there could be a whole new dynamic here that we haven't seen since uh, the early 90s with Ross Perot. Uh, and that stuff. So, Boy, just for the show alone, I hope that happens. Uh, that it would be incredible. So, uh, as far as the DNC goes, I think that you know there was obviously they tried to portray a, a, a picture of unity, but uh, it was anything but. In reality, yesterday, cops had to line up outside uh, the doors and prevent Bernie supporters from coming in as Bernie supporters went and occupied the press booth. They prevented press from entering the DNC convention. Uh, the entire thing uh, has been sort of lacquered over as if the as if the party has come together. And they, they have gotten Bernie to toe the line, and they have gotten a lot of people to come out, and there's a lot more excitement around, it appears at least, around Hillary. And the production quality with videos and documentaries and, um, and remembrances is much higher than anything they did at the RNC. A lot less uh, terrorism and fear factor here. A lot more uh, Trump is going to be the next Hitler. We have to do anything we can to stop him. And a lot of um, projected imagery of unity. And in reality, there's still a lot of people who are oh, not yeah. going to vote for Hillary yeah. from the Bernie side. Oh, yeah. But it's, uh, I'll continue to watch it, um, and we'll have some wrap-up clips next week. You want to get out here on a high note? Let's do this. This please. story made the rounds. I'm curious if you heard it. I guarantee you some people in our audience must have heard this story. People in one small Colorado town are being told not to drink the water or shower with tap water. Why do you suppose, Chase? Why do you suppose? Is it because it's tainted? Public officials say one of the town wells in Hugo was contaminated with ah! THC. Contaminated with THC. That's the intoxicating chemical in marijuana, and it's a mystery how it got there. Wait, that would have to be a lot. 
<laughs> I mean, a lot. Too, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it would get so diluted. Yeah. Yeah. At this yeah. point, we're not taking anything. That's funny. That seems so effing obvious, doesn't it? Yeah. But nope. Uh, here, this is the this is right from the AP. Uh, they continue. But on. we're not taking anything off the table. Um, our counterparts with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, as well as the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, we are looking at all angles here, and I can't speak to. Um, intent or anything like that. Bars and restaurants are bringing in bottled water and bags of ice. Sounds expensive, doesn't uh, it? Uh, Chris, uh, this really goes to show you that our municipal water supplies are soft targets for terrorists. Well, and of course, and we, this happened in Colorado. Yeah, and we need to it's make... a new ISIS attack. This is a, definitely a new ISIS attack. They and go we need in, to, they buy marijuana. Right. And, and then, then they, they stone and, the... And they, and they crack the lock yeah. and they pour it into the water yeah. tank. Yeah. We, we honestly, Chris, we need to be more careful here yeah. and we need to actually up the protection. How could you not consider this whole legal pot thing just ridiculous. And honestly, what about the kids here? I mean, the kids oh my drink gosh, water they, they at can. school, they and now nope. they can't even drink nope. water for, at the school. Common folks got to buy bottled water. Nice. Very bizarre for everybody. Investigators say there are signs that one well was tampered with, but it's unclear if it was intentional. Matt Small, the Associated Press. Hey, Matt, uh, what is the percentage of THC uh, per parts per million in the water? Can you um, please tell me that? So uh, when uh, federal investigators were asked to look into this, they said, that's chemically not possible. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a few links in the show notes. Thank uh, you, yeah, Chris. As it, turns yeah, out, yeah, yeah. as it turns out, totally false. Just the, uh, the cop's test kit was busted. They say they tested it a couple of times, but when other people showed up, third parties but, showed up with, another, with yeah. new test kits. No THC. So does that mean that those test kits that were used to improperly prosecute criminals oh. of possession were... Oh, no, Look at you sorry. tossing a little sorry, bacon sorry. at the end of the show. <laughs> so we've got our eyes on uh. all of the big events. Uh, we really, really have been working our butts off to follow all this stuff, so we appreciate your support at patreon.com slash unfilter. We'd love to have you join the live experience, yeah. jblive.tv. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. To get that converted to your local time zone. Mr. Nudis. Yes, Chris. I was going to say, you know, if you want to engage, by the way, if you're a Hillary supporter or a Trump supporter, I honestly, in a non-attacking manner, head over to our subreddit page at unfilter.reddit.com and honestly tell me what is making you vote for the candidate, even though all this oh stuff boy. is happening in. That sounds like a good old can of worms. I know it's know a can what? of worms, but I, I, I'm interested in good, honest, open discussion. Stories and clips, other resources you think would be useful for the show, unfilter.reddit.com. That's where you go to submit those into the show. Yes. Don't forget, we're also on YouTube. If you want to follow what? us over there, we have RSS feeds in the show notes and supporting links to a lot of the stuff we cover and extra stuff that didn't fit in the show, all linked. For each episode, just go to jupiterbroadcasting.com. You'll find 197. You go in there, scroll down a little bit. We source pretty much everything. Yes. It's either in clips that we play or in links in the show notes. And there is a ton of good stuff in there. In that Lots of week. good stuff. So be sure to check the calendar so you can be here next live for the ultimate experience. Check out the Patreon page. We have, you may have noticed, yeah. been posting the entire live stream. What? Over on the Patreon page. Just to encourage people to go over there and check out our Patreon page so you get the full live, all our mistakes and oh, everything man. over on there. And you don't even have to be a patron. No. Totally no, you don't. Everybody. No, you don't. All right. That brings us to the end oh. of this week's episode. Ooh, deep breath. The, I know. Of the Unfilter Show. And we'll see you right back here next week.
watch out, clear the decks, stop listening right now because it's overtime for episode 197. There could be nothing in here for you, right? Right? Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Thank you to Dave, Jesse, Ty, Claus, and Danomite. Our new patrons for 197, they joined since last week. This segment is dedicated to you and all our patrons over patreon.com slash unfilter. And uh, be sure to check out, if I haven't already said a million times, the supporter sync this week. Some good stuff in there. So let's start in the overtime with a story that just didn't fit clip-wise into the main show. And it's probably one you thought we would comment on. You probably knew this was coming. Of course, it's Roger getting kicked out of Fox News. We gotta talk about this. Fox News is drawing an enormous amount of media attention for an abrupt change at the top of this network. Now, it sounds a little weird uh, because he's at the convention. And it's also a little weird because this is a Fox News host covering a Fox News situation. Enormous because Roger Ailes, who resigned this week as chairman of FNC and Fox Business Network, has been such a high-profile figure in politics and in television. Now official, Roger Ailes, a giant figure behind the scenes in television and the GOP, has been ousted. Today, the man who created conservative-leaning Fox News two decades ago was forced out over allegations of sexual harassment. Rupert Murdoch is taking over as chairman of FNC and Fox Business and assuming the role of acting CEO. Ailes will be available for now as a consultant to Murdoch. Now, the announcement by the network's parent company, 21st Century Fox, followed a sexual harassment suit filed this month by Gretchen Carlson after her contract as a daytime Fox host was not renewed. Ailes has strongly denied the allegations in that suit. 21st Century Fox hired a law firm to conduct an internal inquiry, and that was followed by leaks to the press. I can confirm reports that a number of female Fox employees who were interviewed for the internal review made allegations of inappropriate conduct. Megyn Kelly, who is also cooperating with the inquiry, has not discussed reports that she alleged improper conduct taking place about a decade ago. Ailes has denied her allegations, saying, quote, he spent much of the last 10 years helping her achieve the stardom she earned. Meanwhile, Murdoch praised Ailes in a statement for having made, quote, a remarkable contribution to our company and our country. There were also words of praise for Ailes for Murdoch's sons, James and Lachlan Murdoch, top executives at 21st Century Fox and widely reported to have been at odds with Ailes. Widely reported, says the guy from Fox News. Anyways, the rest of the clip's in there if you want to watch it. Token Ring asks, whatever happened to the Panama Papers? I ask Token Ring the same question every night when I go to bed. No, not really. Not really. Okay, let's get into the DNC and RNC. I got a good package for both of them here for you in the overtime. Let's start with a clip that I just, I had to smile at because they're trying too hard. Well, the Democrats have more leaks to worry about than just the email leaks. Uh-huh. The torrential uh-huh. rains not doing much to wash away the controversy uh-huh. or all the trash uh-huh. Doug left over from day one at the DNC, uh-huh. Brian. Yeah, uh-huh. sorry for jumping on you there. Doug McElway uh-huh. has been wading through the muck in Philly. He's on muck patrol all morning long, and he joins us with more. Hey, Doug, how's the muck? Well, it's much better than it was just an hour ago. You know, I can't say this is any worse than Cleveland because I wasn't in Cleveland, so I don't have anything to compare it to. But about an hour ago, you should have seen this convention hall. It was just unbelievable. Kudos to the, the uh, Philadelphia cleanup crew because they've done a, a wonderful job. But we did snap a few pictures about an hour ago. Take a look at a, a couple of these. Here's a town hall's guy. Ben- so this is before the doors even open while he's recording this. 
And an hour before the doors even open, the cleanup crew got it all cleaned up, yet they're still going to give him crap for it. Uh, working it hard at 4 a.m. this morning amongst the muck. Uh, he, by the way, tells me he was operating on one hour sleep, so kudos to him as well. Here's another picture, a bizarre kudos. little scene, a pile of uneaten chicken nuggets, celery, and a business card on top of it with an email address. I will not read it on the air. Now, this has all been cleaned up, so uh, good, good for them. But uh, this is all prompting, not just here, but across the entire convention venue, a lot of complaints percolating up from reporters. One <laughs> you want to hear these? One of them writing in the Hill says this, to be totally objective and nonpartisan, the logistics at DNC are appalling. And then another, a third shot of the garbage. A third shot. This is the third time they put that up on screen. Man, people pay millions of dollars to get uh, airtime like that. All right. Chat room. Yes or no? Did you see the uh, Alex Jones interrupts the Young Turks live stream clips? Did you see it? Now, uh, it's a little long. Uh, and it is a little better for visual. But it's it's still it's still good in audio. You did? Yeah, yeah. It was something. Okay. No, Matthew, haven't seen it. Yeah, okay. A couple of you have, a couple of you haven't. Yeah, okay. All right, well, for those of you like Altera and Meth in the chat room who haven't seen it yet, this is uh, this is truly two different ideologies clashing, and it was live on the internet. Not- All right, we're back on the Young Turks. Uh, obviously, a little bit of commotion here. As Alex Jones and a guy significantly worse than him uh, entered the stage here. What changes in demographics is that he wins white males in such oh no this might this might be the clip uh, where they talk about what happened not the actual fight oh jeez oh here it is here it is here's a little bit of the fight I'll get it for you good it's in here back on so then he goes alright Roger yeah run away Roger don't go he wants to debate you right now I'm not gonna debate this guy you're a hatchet man I don't know why anyone in the media takes you seriously (laughs) all you do is lie you're known as the biggest liar in media you're the biggest liar in media don't get too mad. We gotta have a. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, this. he's actually mad. You're actually really upset. I think you should have come to bed. All right. All right. All right. So one of uh, one of the other Young Turks hosts, uh, Anna, is saying, "Get the f off the stage. Get the f off the stage." And then and then t- uh, Tank is like, or sorry, Chank is like, "No, all right, all right, calm down." All right. Once you get out of here, Alex. All right. We got to continue. And then listen to Alex. Alex gets pissed, right? Alex is nodding his head, nodding his head. Hey, man. Nobody watches you. We know nobody watches you. You need the ratings. Saudi Arabians are funny enough. You little jihad. You little jihad. And then watch Chang. Chang loses his shit. Hey, first of all, let me explain something, all right? Rips off the microphone. Starts taking off the jacket. Get in Alex's face. We're against Saudi Arabia, you dumbass! All the time! We talk about that all the time! We're against Saudi Arabia. I want to play that part again. I want to play that part again because I think it's actually pretty critical. Oh, that's the biggest liar in media. Oh, sorry. You're the oh, biggest liar. Sorry. Got a little far. Hold on. Hold on. Now listen. We're against Saudi Arabia, you dumbass! We're against Saudi Arabia, you dumbass. You see, <sighs> that I have a problem with. I'm no fan of Saudi Arabia, personally. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how great Saudi Arabia is. I've been covering the, I've been covering the 28 pages. Uh, but uh, I think it's inappropriate for somebody to be for something or against something when they're doing news. That just seems 
uh, and, and even I mean, even if you personally have beliefs, what his statement was, we're against Saudi Arabia because he was calling Anna a jihad. So and, and Alex is like getting your Saudi money. I think that's an ideology there that leads to a confrontation like this. We're against Saudi Arabia. They're the bad guy. Well, no, you cover that. You cover Saudi Arabia. We cover Saudi Arabia. That's all he had to say. We cover Saudi Arabia. We report on them. We're not because honestly, the pro Saudi Arabia media just simply doesn't report on the shit they do. And that's how you're pro Saudi Arabia. So I think this is a particularly interesting little uh, dynamic. Okay, this is bullshit. Okay, we'll see how much we can take of this. Uh, So, uh, like last week, we covered some of the uh, different speeches at the RNC. Here is one of the uh, more popular speeches at the DNC. I'll just play a bit of it. It's Franken, and of course, he has some comedian roots, so... And he's also a former radio broadcaster, so he's sort of the perfect public speaker for an event like this. And, uh, of course, the Democrats were going to pull him out. I'm Al Franken, Minnesotan. Senator and world-renowned expert on right-wing megalomaniacs. Obviously referring to Trump. Rush Limbaugh. Oh, okay, and Rush, Bill O'Reilly. And now Jeez. Donald Trump. Not that they're uh, taking the low road or anything here. The <laughs> now a little about my qualifications. I got my doctorate in megalomania studies from Trump University. Oh. Sure, I had to empty out my 401k and take a reverse mortgage on my house to pay tuition. But Mr. Trump, or rather some people who said they'd once met him, convinced me that it was worth it. And frankly, as a proud alum of Trump U, I think we may be misunderestimating Donald Trump. Sure, he's scammed a lot of people. But did you know that Trump University's School of Ripping People Off is ranked second in the nation. Right behind Bernie Madoff University. Oh. That is no mean feat. And Trump University is about more than just bilking people. Although, trust me, you will get built. 
It's also about learning directly from success experts like Scott Baio, Mike, Mike Tyson, and of course, a life-size cardboard cutout of Mr. Trump himself. Oh, yeah. As always, the rest of the clip is in the sink. That's about as much as I want to hear, but uh, you can see he's pulling the punches. He came out pretty good. Of course, Warren was out there, and uh, she was a firecracker. Firecracker, as they say. And uh, she really says whatever. I mean, (laughs) those are really the two attack dogs, I think, the strongest attack dogs. So uh, Joe makes an observation that I, I think I actually... Um, I think I actually agree with. There is no comparison between the excitement. There's just not. And you can say this as an objective observer. There is no comparison between the excitement on the floor of the Democratic convention as there was the Republican convention. There were always empty chairs there. They were sleepwalking. Half of them didn't seem like they wanted to be there. There were, of course, yes, yeah, some very excited people there but this was absolutely packed and 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 rollicking all night last night you saw people crying on the floor you saw a motion based on the historic first and they thought they did the clinton did a very good job of reminding people of the history of it regardless of what you think of hillary clinton whether you like her personally whether you like her policies country did something last night it's never done and they did a very good job of of harnessing that emotion and the i want to stop right there so I think that's going over the top. Uh, I think that 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 victory, that breaking or cracking, as she put it, that ultimate crack in that glass ceiling. I think that is somewhat tainted by the the fact that it's Hillary Clinton and how corrupt she is, uh, because it feels like she didn't just necessarily fight her way there cleanly. Uh, I got an extra Donald Trump clip, though. Uh, let's transition to Trump. That's enough about Hillary. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, him and Ted. I love I love their back and forth. And I I couldn't be happier that there's a, K- there's a KFC. Oh, my God. Jesus. A JFK. Gosh. Damn I can't believe it. I can't even believe I just said that. Okay, I got it because I'm hungry. I want chicken. I can't believe how happy it makes me that Trump keeps bringing up JFK assassina- assassination theories as part of a 2016 election talking point. Uh, it, it it just thrills me. Today, Donald Trump just couldn't resist the chance to settle old scores from his perch as the GOP nominee. I don't want his endorsement. Just, Ted, stay home, relax, enjoy yourself. At an event billed as a thank you for volunteers and staffers, Trump quickly veered from the task at hand, insisting he doesn't want Ted Cruz's endorsement and arguing he never insulted Cruz's wife, Heidi Cruz even after he retweeted this unflattering photo of her during the primary. You know, it's really, I think, I think Ted is being disingenuous when he says it's the attacks against Heidi. I think what it really was is that they were starting to run stories about the fact that Ted Cruz slept around and that Ted Cruz told women that their minds were the most attractive thing to him. And that's what turned him on. And he's the type of sexual being that gets solely turned on by mental things, like your mental capabilities or your artistic capabilities, your creative skills. And he'd go and he'd tell women this. You know, of course, he's a senator, right? So he's got some swoon there. It just sounds disgusting. And I think that's what they were going to leak. And I think that's the unspoken thing between the two campaigns. When I saw somebody tweeted a picture of Melania... 
and a picture of Heidi, who I think, by the way, is a very nice woman and a very beautiful woman. <laughs> I have to oh, tell geez. you, I think this Heidi Cruz is a great person. I, I think it's the best thing he's got going and his kids, if you want to know the truth. Trump stepping on his own triumphant moment just a day after accepting the Republican nomination, where he largely stuck to the script as he vowed to fight for the American people. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. While Trump used his Thursday night address to try and rise above... Lock her up. Lock her up. Let's defeat her in November. By Friday morning, he was back to plumbing the depths of conspiracy theory. If you're watching the video version, it's fun to watch the VP, you know, whenever Trump's speaking now and and, uh, and Pence is back there and he's got to watch him. Reviving a tabloid tale backed by zero evidence linking Ted Cruz's father to John F. Kennedy assassin Lee Harvey Oswald. All I did is point out the fact that on the cover of the National Enquirer, there was a picture of him. See, when, when Trump is saying something that he doesn't want to politically agree with, he, he coxes him. He's got this interested, like, this is totally new effing information. I have never heard this before, so I'm going to listen real good, and that's my reaction. And then, of course, when Trump's saying something that's good or is bailing him out of a hole he's in, then he's all, like, nods and smiles. It's really interesting to see the way he's... Um, I guess he's doing it right. It's just so formulaic. And crazy Lee Harvey Oswald having breakfast. And while Trump spent much of his convention speech offering a dark assessment of the challenges facing the country. I have a message to every last person threatening the peace on our streets and the safety of our police. When I take the oath of office next year, I will restore law and order to our country. Oh, it's dark. Oh, it's so dark. Today, President Obama says that portrayal doesn't match reality. This vision of violence and chaos everywhere. Dark. uh, Doesn't really jibe with the experience of most people. I mean, I hope people the next morning walked outside and the birds were chirping and the sun was out. Wow, that is uh, that's that's good. That's good, Obama. The birds are chirping. <laughs> All right, so you heard it. Dark, dark, gloomy, doom and gloom. Very dark. You heard it all. All the messaging about the Trump speech. I watched it. You might have watched it. The media. They watch something else. Depending on who you ask, some saw a leader ready to put America back on track. Others saw a lot of doom and gloom. This wasn't exactly Ronald Reagan's shining city on the hill. It wasn't George W. Bush's compassionate conservatism. Trump cast himself as an angry and all-powerful national defender. The GOP nominee hammering home nationalist themes, presenting the country as a dark place. I don't think he broadened his appeal here a little bit. It was a very... I don't know how many people, I think there are some people that wake up and say, wow, the country is deteriorating. But I think a lot of people didn't recognize that country. He said, I love you. I mean. (laughs) That he described either. So I think it's a very polarizing speech. On your point there, this wasn't the shining city on the hill. This wasn't morning in America. He sounded like a wartime president last night. This is very dark. Very dark. Okay, so there you go. Very dark. He's not Reagan. He, he sounded like a wartime president. Uh, Maddo. One thing that's getting a lot of traction on social media is... 
Maddo have she took it to a whole new level. I remember Trump's a racist because the response to Donald Trump's speech from David Duke, the former Klan leader who is thinking about running for Congress again or running for some elected office again. So David Duke, who may one day run for Congress, uh, tweets just like you might tweet or somebody else tweets. He tweets an opinion. And because a person unconnected to Trump tweets an opinion, that directly is somehow connected to Donald being a bad person and a dark vision for the country. Listen. Again, he says, great Trump speech, America first, stop wars, defeat the corrupt elites, protect our borders, fair trade. Couldn't have said it better, meaning couldn't have said it better myself. Now, you can hear how she mockingly read that and even grammar Nazi'd him a little bit there. Imagine for a moment if it was Barack Obama or Michelle Obama that tweeted this or Oprah and she was reading the tweet that way. First, stop wars, defeat the corrupt elites, protect our borders, fair trade. Stop wars. Okay. All right. No more corruption. That sounds pretty good. Couldn't have said it better, meaning couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, And a lot of people who I think are critical of Donald Trump generally. So why are they giving a racist, if he's he's a race, why are they giving him airtime? They just took his tweet and put it on primetime television. Look at praise like that from somebody like Donald Duke and wonder if he is a gateway drug. If there is something (laughs) beyond Donald Trump himself, that means a much greater transformation of the Republican Party into something that uh, is going to be evil. New to mainstream politics. Look, David Duke is a disgusting figure. He's- so let's give him lots of airtime. Let's keep mentioning his name so that way you can go follow him on Twitter and give him an even bigger platform. I am your voice, Trump said. It was a loud voice, more vengeful than hopeful. More vengeful than hopeful. More hyperbole than detail. More hyperbole than detail. This is Scott Pelley on the CBS News. Of course, by the way, with their attitude, this maybe this could explain it. Their ratings suck for these conventions. People in this hall seem as a man on a white horse who will lead them to some kind of a sanctuary and then pull the drawbridge up behind them. Others looking in are going to see someone they'll only think of as a demagogue of some kind. NBC News, a demagogue. Said Martha Redis, a pretty dark speech. Dark speech. There's George on ABC. Labeled Hillary Clinton the candidate of death, destruction, terrorism, weakness, and mass lawlessness. Yeah, if, if Americans are not scared for their safety before tonight, they are tonight. Oh, are you scared, guys? <laughs> so that was their coverage of Trump's speech. Okay, I've got some details. Uh, the clip's a bit on the dry side, but the details are worth it uh, on the uh, DNC hack. This is from somebody who works at Yahoo, has interesting information. Of course, he works in the Yahoo, Yahoo News area, though. We are learning more about the hack into the Democratic National Committee, including indications for the first time that the breach went beyond the official accounts of DNC staffers and included personal email accounts as well. Michael Isakoff broke this story for Yahoo News, and he joins me now, as well as CBS News senior political editor Steve Shiger. Uh, Michael, I read your story. Uh, incredible reporting. Uh, tell us what you found out. Well, there was a DNC staffer, uh, Alexandra uh, Chalupa, who was specifically doing research on Paul Manafort, the 
Donald Trump campaign chairman uh, and looking into his business and political ties with pro-Russian figures. So I want to. Okay, so just to make sure you're following, we are now discussing about uh, Chalupa and uh, the research that Chalupa was doing into a Trump member and their connection to Russia. So I, this is important for you to understand because right now, today, there is a ve- they're trying to make a very strong case between Russia hacking the DNC uh, and also hacking DNC staffers' personal accounts. This is why this clip is very important. In Ukraine and Russia, uh, Manafort uh, had represented, it was a political consultant to Yanukovych, the pro-Putin uh, president of Ukraine, who's since been uh, ousted. He formed business arrangements with various pro Putin oligarchs, and uh, this uh, Democratic Party staffer, Chalupa, uh, was specifically researching that, reaching out to sources in the Ukraine, including investigative journalists, to gather intelligence. So they were Googling about them and searching around. Okay, so all right. That's so they were. Now, the key thing they don't mention um, is this is this particular part, and this is where some of the observation. Uh, <clears throat> boy, I can't even say that. This is where some of the misdirection. Ha ha! That's where some of the misdirection begins. This research that was being conducted would have had to have been done within the last couple of months, likely the last thirty days, because the this person within the Trump campaign is new. That's how new they are. <clears throat> Two months, right? I can't remember things have happened so fast. I, I really don't remember now. But the DNC was hacked over a year ago. They were hacked over a year ago. So the, the math doesn't work. So this is where you know the misdirection's begun. Uh, president of Ukraine, who's since been uh, ousted, he formed business arrangements with various pro Putin oligarchs, and uh, this uh, Democratic Party staffer, Chalupa, uh, was specifically researching that, reaching out to sources in the Ukraine, including investigative journalists, to gather intelligence. This is classic oppo research that both parties do. What was sort of creepy here is that... um, As she was doing this and preparing emails and writing memos on this, she suddenly gets a alert. Now, this alert, she gets an alert from a system, probably like a a very sophisticated DNC monitoring program. You may remember we've talked about Einstein on this program. This is something that's government-wide, and perhaps they've extended it to protect the DNC servers. So she's doing opposition research about Russia, and she gets an alert from something that is likely got to be extremely advanced technology that we could only hope one day makes it down to the civilian industry. Uh, What is that uh, technology? On her personal email account. What? Her Yahoo email account. What? Stating from the Yahoo security team, we have information that your personal email has been targeted by state-sponsored actors. This is our source? This is our source? A Yahoo email alert saying that your account has been a target has been targeted by state actors. This is the DNC's source account stating from the Yahoo security team. We have information that your personal email has been targeted by state sponsored actors. State sponsored actors, not a normal, not a, uh, not a normal not hacker, a not normal an activist, hack. or a state sponsored. Right, and That's I, I 
write for Yahoo News, but I, I, I happen to work for Yahoo. I reached out to Yahoo corporate security you know, where my page is, team on this, and they uh, had a policy that they instituted just some months ago that when they see something serious like this, they will notify the, uh, uh, the customer, and they say they only do so when there is very strong evidence of state oh. sponsorship. State so sponsorship. You put that- so, 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 okay. So somehow, Yahoo has so far exceeded the capabilities of all other cloud email providers because not only can they determine that your account was somehow attempted to be accessed by a state actor, but they have the technology to determine that it was for, in fact, sponsored by a state. So it might not even be a state account. It could be a contractor or a hacker that was hired by the state, in this case, obviously Russia. And somehow this system has the technology to know that they have a bank account with money in it from the state. This is how amazing Yahoo's new technology is. I can't believe they just got sold to Verizon. Notify the, uh, uh, the customer, and they say they only do so when there is very strong evidence of state sponsorship. State sponsorship. State sponsorship. Not state, not state hacking. Wow. So you put that together with what we now know was going on uh, with the hack of the DNC and the hack of DNC emails, and it raises a lot of troubling questions here that the breach uh, and the attack was not just official accounts, but personal email accounts of uh, at least one. Do we know that? Do we know that? Because what it sounds like to me is what you just said is the DNC hack is completely separate from this gal's personal Yahoo account. Who knows what was compromised? And by the way, here's what could have happened. Just just a random effing idea. She's doing opposition research, so she creates a form on a Russian form. So she creates an account on a Russian form software somewhere. Emails come back with from Russian IPs. What do you think the automatic spam filter does? That's all this could be. Guccifer 2, or whatever his name is, could very well likely still be the primary DNC hacker, and these two events could be absolutely separate and have nothing to do with each other. But they are conflating the two. Democratic Party staffer who was doing some pretty sensitive research. Sensitive research, as in, what, Googling around and creating forum accounts? Steve, clearly what a lot of people are inferring is that uh, because Donald Trump in the past has made some pro-Putin comments, uh, that this is a way to somehow influence the election here in the United States. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to react to that other than uh, the question I have is, do we have we ruled out that Russia has been uh, or has not been trying to hack into RNC and Donald Trump emails? And if that hasn't been ruled out, I mean, these people spy on a lot of people. They're trying to get information about our elections. No, we don't. We do not. We do not do that. That's not uh, that is not our thing. So don't 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 worry about that. Isn't that a piece? That's just a real piece, isn't it? Really shows you how it's being manipulated. Uh, let's. This is. This is another. This is, I love this one. Secretary of State John Kerry says he's spoken with his Russian counterpart with about them. the DNC yeah, email breach, them, right. but has not accused Russia of hacking into the Democratic Party's computers. Look at Kerry's face. I love that. Hillary Clinton's campaign suggests Russia might have done just that to oh. benefit Donald Trump's campaign. For even Fox News is just taking the line. 
Trump denies the accusations, and Russia says U.S. leaders are simply being paranoid. Let's bring in Christopher Swift. Okay. Adjunct professor of national security studies at Georgetown University. Okay. Does this, in your experience, does this DNC hack have the hallmarks of Russian meddling? Okay, all right. So we're going to get into this. I'm ready. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I think it certainly does. Oh. And we have three good foundations okay. to make okay. that claim. Mm -hmm. The first is the FBI has indicated that the DNC and other campaigns in the United States have, in fact, been targeted by Russian intelligence in the past. Okay, so the first is the first is the FBI confirmed that in the past they were targeted. Well, I would think everybody's being targeted by Russian intelligence at that level all the time, just like we target. Okay, okay. But okay, so in the past, okay. Second, we have independent cybersecurity experts that have confirmed. The cybersecurity experts that were hired by the DNC to make this look like a state attack? That Russian intelligence or individuals associated with Russian intelligence oh. were involved in the DNC hack. Uh -huh. And third, we have the use of WikiLeaks, which has long been an oh. instrument that served Russian messaging or oh. <laughs> messaging that's aligned with the interests of the Russian government. Oh, I love if it. the Russian government wasn't directly involved here, I think it's safe to say that they were indirectly involved and they're certainly profiting from the outcome. We'll get the WikiLeaks <laughs> in just a moment. I suppose that there are many in the Republican Party, maybe some independents who are sort of snickering uh, that the Democrats had, you know, so many of their faults exposed by what happened here. But bigger picture, if the Russian mm -hmm. government is is meddling or, oh, yeah. or, you know, hacking into a major American political uh -huh, party, uh -huh. is that a concern for all of us? <laughs> no, oh, absolutely. Nope. No, and not. what makes it no. even more concerning, John, is the extent to which this kind of d directed information operation has been occurring, not just in the United States, but also in the United Kingdom. With you heard it here, guys. Uh, WikiLeaks, Russian propaganda. Did you know? Glad we got that covered up. Thanks. Or co covered up, huh? Got that. We got it covered. Thanks, Fox News. So, um... Of course, he meant there's actually a fourth piece of evidence that he didn't mention. I don't know why I didn't mention it because it's, it's super strong. Because of course, it's timing. Today, you saw the RNC where they were hacked, and they don't know—is it China? RNC, RNC. Yeah, he just said RNC. You know, guys, uh, I have not once mentioned his age on this show. However, I will say, having listened, remember when he did, remember what he said, 7-11 instead of 9-11? That's, uh, and that's just like one of five ago. Uh, uh, and now, now it's RNC instead of DNC. You're part of the RNC now, man. Get it right, dude. Get your branding right. You know branding. You know that. Today you saw the RNC. No. Where they were hacked. Ugh. And they don't know, is it China? China. Is it Russia? Oh. And I'm watching this clown who runs Hillary Clinton's campaign. And my, I heard my name mentioned. It was Donald Trump that stole Donald. See how he's sweating? Hot he's day. got some deal where Russia stole it for my benefit. Russia. So wait a minute. Let's figure this out. Russia stole it for my... And the reason is that Putin likes me. And I never met Putin in all fairness. But that Putin likes Trump. And therefore he went in and he stole it. And he wants Trump to win. See, now, if the Republicans said that, they'd say, it's a conspiracy theory. That's it's true. crazy. Yeah, it when is the true. Democrats say it, they say, you know, maybe Trump sold everything from That's, the DNC. That is true. Ay, 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 what a group we have. Ay, 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 ay
You could have said something. What? Would you rather you said? Wow. Would you rather you said shit? What? Four score and seven years ago. JFK said, "Ask not." All right, I get really just can't stand you right now, Joe. I want to go to the next clip because Joe just likes to play the next clip. Right, okay, so, that so, was Donald Trump yesterday yeah. on the trail in North Carolina. He called you a loser. I now. Uh, want to fast forward here? See how hot it is, everyone? Everyone's sweating and soaking wet, right? He's, and his shirts, uh, maybe not even. Later on, the other clip I played is, you know, he played, he, his, his shirt was just totally soaked. Um, <clears throat> so this meme that Trump is a bad businessman and that, uh, you know, he leaves people uh, holding the bag and doesn't pay out. Could it be legitimate that he just simply doesn't pay when he doesn't feel like services have been rendered? Right? Here's the difference. I wouldn't pay the hotel bill. I'd say, we're in a hotel, we're in a ballroom, and you know what? Now, these are grown companies. We're in a ballroom, and if we're in a ballroom, it's not supposed to be so hot that everybody in the audience is using as a fan. So what they do is they turn the air conditioning down because they save money. So then, I would not pay them. Here we are in a ballroom, and I'm like, I feel like I'm in a sauna. Then there'll be an article. Donald Trump refuses to pay the bill. Of course. And you know what? The smart people say Trump is smart. The other people would say, oh, isn't that terrible? Okay. I think the ballroom and the people that own this hotel should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> it's so, pretty good. Uh, Hillary Clinton. All right, we don't need to uh, play the rest of it, but <laughs> I thought, you know what? Good for him for pointing that out. That is, that is true. All right, so we have an audio-only clip about NPR's look at Trump's ties to Russia. They're going to give us a long, exhaustive list. The Democratic National Committee is apologizing to Bernie Sanders for internal emails that show the DNC favored... You know, no, hold on, give me a second. I'm not going to play that in VLC. I have been having issues playing back audio files, of all things, in VLC, so... The Democratic National Committee... And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, because who cares? Back earlier this year, they were posted just days ago by WikiLeaks, but the prime suspect is Russia. Yeah. NPR's David Wilna has the story. Here we go. It was a startling charge leveled yesterday about the leaked emails, and it was made on CNN by the manager of Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, Robbie Mook. Right there, they admit it was made by the campaign manager, but okay, we're going to go ahead. Experts are telling us that uh, Russian state actors broke into the DNC, stole these emails, and uh, other experts are now saying that they are, the Russians are releasing these emails for the purpose of actually helping Donald Trump. Trump responded on Twitter at Why don't we name these experts? That seems like a that seems like to uh to really make a claim against a presidential candidate and a nation like Russia, shouldn't we name these experts? Not just uh, it's always other experts. It's experts and other experts. And uh other experts are now saying that they are the Russians are releasing these emails for the purpose of actually helping Donald Trump. Trump responded on Twitter at 4.30 this morning Yikes. with a dismissive tweet. The new joke in town, Trump wrote, is that Russia leaked the disastrous DNC emails, which should never have been written. Stupid, because Putin likes me. 
Later on MSNBC, Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta said, while he could not confirm the source of that leak... Uh What we have is a kind of romance going on between Putin and Trump. So this is a common meme, a bromance between Putin and Trump. Which is distinct from this leak. Uh Indeed, Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin have lately formed something of a mutual admiration society. A mutual admiration society. And now we're going to cite the evidence. Get ready. It's going to be exhaustive. Uh, Chat room, grab your pencil and your paper or open up a text editor in a a window on your computer. You're going to need to write all this down. Here's Putin in December when asked about Trump. He is a brilliant and talented person without a doubt. And here's Trump. December. The, the only quote they can find is back in 2015. Misquoting, but standing by Putin, six weeks later. And then, six weeks later, after the press failed to get traction with the story three separate times, they finally bring it up six weeks later and get him to say something on Mike, finally. In Clinton, Iowa. He said, Trump's a genius. They wanted me to demand that he take it back. Who the hell's going to take it back? Can you... <laughs> No, I want him to say it a few more times, so everyone... But uh, when you think of it, what? And then they want me to denounce Putin. Why would I denounce him? For what? In stark... Two comments. One in December, one six weeks later. That is a bromance or a mutual admiration pact, according to the media. Contrast, Hillary Clinton has made clear she's no friend of Putin's. Yeah, listen to this strong rhetoric by Hillary. Hillary, listen to the great word structure of this sentence. Here's Clinton today speaking to a VFW convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. One thing for certain you will not ever hear from me. What? Is praise for dictators and strong men who have no love for America. America. In Russia, Trump is widely preferred over Clinton. Go ahead, Mr. Trump. In Trump, we trust. That's Alexander Dugin, a Russian political analyst who's been called Putin's Rasputin. In a video posted on YouTube, Dugin says while Hillary Clinton's worse than President Obama and would destroy America. Donald Trump's America can be friend and ally, or at least an indifferent power that concentrates on itself uh-huh. and minds its own business. So the inference here is because this guy on YouTube says this about Donald Trump, that this would be the position of Moscow and perhaps even Putin himself, because that feels like what the inference is here. And of course, why wouldn't the Russian public prefer the candidate who says, let's be a friend with Russia instead of the one that says that he's a dictator and no friend to America? Which one would you prefer? Russians' perception that Trump sees their nation as a friend rather than an adversary may stem from comments like these, which he made to Bloomberg TV four months ago. We're always fighting. We're, we're the one that wants to go to World War III with Russia over Ukraine. So we're the ones always fighting. We're the ones putting up a lot of the money for NATO, disproportionately a lot. In an interview with The New York Times last week, Trump suggested the U.S. might not come to the aid of NATO allies if Russia attacks them. So there's your link. Strong. Did you get them all written down? There were a grand total of two. Oh, ho, ho. all right. We got one more clip. You're going to love this one. Because there go all the gerbs. Although it's going to make me hungry. I'm already hungry. It's going to make me really hungry. But I'm here to serve you, audience. Finally, it's a Friday night staple for many Americans, but you've probably never had it quite like this before. A Silicon Valley startup has set its sights 
on reinventing the fast food industry with its own robot pizzeria. NBC's Joe Ling Kent takes us inside for a closer look and lets us meet the employees. Alex Garden has always loved building things. Now the former tech executive is giving Pizza Hut and Domino's a run for their money. Our sauce dispensers, Pepe and Jojo, are responsible for dispensing the sauce. There's also Marta and Bruno, all hard workers at Silicon Valley's newest pizzeria. But as you can see, they're not exactly human. The robots, or pizza bots as they're called, work at Zoom, a startup that wants to become the Amazon of food. I learned a little bit about what happens from the time an order is placed to the time you're having dinner, and I realized that there was a couple of major innovations. Garden hired coders to build an app. Customers place their orders with a few taps, and the pizza making begins. Yes, this very much is a robot pizzeria, but robots haven't taken all the jobs. Zoom employees sprinkle the cheese and add the ingredients. But it's Bruno who puts it into the oven. Pizzas fly out the door and arrive in 20 minutes flat. Y'all ready for pizza? But in New York City at Lombardi's, the oldest pizzeria in America, well, they're shaking their heads. They can copy it, but it won't come the same. There's a difference. <laughs> He doesn't like it, Chase. I don't like it either. <laughs> All right, that is the overtime for the Unfiltered Show. There's way more clips in the supporter sync, like I always say. I'm also actively searching for good replacements for BitTorrent Sync to something that scales better. That's I'm not ready to go on board with Sync thing yet. But if you got an idea, let me know or a system to make those clips easy to distribute. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter. And thank you to our live stream who joined us. We'll see you back here next. Get pizza! Week. Week. <laughs> that was week.